From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. If you want to know how to really sell somebody on yourself or on your product or on your service, how to just make customers literally whip out their wallets and spend their money on you, well, there is almost no better person to ask than this. Hi, I'm Joy Mangano, and I invented the Miracle Mop. It's the original cotton self-ringing mop, therefore the most absorbent. It will clean that mess again and again and again. That was Joy in 1996 on QVC selling her self-ringing Miracle Mop, the thing that arguably made her famous, though there are a lot of other things since that have made her famous, like the 2015 film Joy, which was loosely based on her life, and also a whole bunch of other products like Huggable Hangers and Forever Fragrant and Close It All Luggage System. And Joy sold all of this and more on QVC and Home Shopping Network, which means she knows a thing or two about pitching. If you want to talk about pitching, it's something I've done for over 25 years, several times a month, all day long on live TV, sometimes for 10 hours a day. That was Joy speaking with me just a few weeks ago, and we were talking for two reasons. Number one, because Joy has a new show on USA Network called America's Big Deal. It is a really innovative reality TV competition show that I have to say, when I first heard about it, my mind was just blown because I thought that's just really smart television, just really smart television. Anyway, you'll hear more about it in a minute. But the other reason is because I thought, what a great opportunity to talk to Joy about the art of the pitch. It's something that every entrepreneur has to do. We get in front of people all the time that we have to pitch. And how do you do it? How do you make the most of that time, whether you've got 30 seconds or 10 hours? I did not realize that QVC and HSN segments would go on for 10 hours. Holy smokes, how do you do that? Anyway, Joy was really a joy. She was really a joy to talk to, I have to say. And she had really fantastic insights that go so much deeper than the pitch itself. Because to Joy, the pitch is actually the end of a journey, not the beginning. So that is what we are going to talk about on Problem Solvers today. It is the art of the pitch with Joy Mangano, a woman who knows how to pitch. And it's all coming up after the break. I was once traveling in Asia and my favorite basketball team was playing a huge game and I wanted to watch it, but I could not. You know why? Because NBA League Pass wouldn't let me because I was out of the country and that is nuts. And that is why I love NordVPN. NordVPN allows you to access content from anywhere in the world, regardless of where you are in the world. It also does all sorts of great things. You don't have to sacrifice internet speed for better security because with NordVPN, internet traffic is routed through a secure encrypted tunnel, which protects your data and privacy. Also, you can have NordVPN on up to six devices, laptop, phone, smart TV, iPad, even your router. So all your devices are protected. And right now, NordVPN is hosting a Cyber Month deal. So just go to nordvpn.com slash solvers or use the code solvers to get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan, plus a bonus gift. Again, that is nord, N-O-R-D, vpn.com slash solvers. 
All right, we're back talking with Joy Mangano about how to pitch. And we start out by talking about the television show that she has on USA Network now. And the concept is this. In short, it is a live competition pitching reality show where contestants are going to sell their product live on TV. The audience is going to buy the product live if they so choose. And then the winner is the person who sold the most. It's basically like taking HSN and QVC and turning it into a live competition with amateurs. It's just so smart. It's just such a compelling concept. And so when we started talking, I told Joy, like I said, just before we started recording, I am just in love with the concept of this show. When I heard of it, I said, that is just brilliant, original television and also really captivating. Where did this come from? So my whole adult life, I've been on live TV talking about the features and benefits of products that I've invented or designed. So in the last year and a half, like everybody else, it is the most unbelievable time that I can ever remember. And certainly for businesses, small businesses, which represent over 90% of the firms in this country, people don't realize that. And small businesses and entrepreneurs have been impacted so severely. I said, I have to do something. This is my time to give back in some way. Hence the mission of America's Big Deal, which is on USA Network, how apropos is that, and how brave NBC Universal was to take this show because it's live, right? Anything can happen with live, but it's the first shoppable competition show ever. So what happens is we put a net out for any small businesses or entrepreneurs that have products that they want to debut. And we got thousands and thousands of responses. So we kind of, this is like the best of the best, right? The stories were amazing. And so they get their moment. They come on the show, it's live and they do the pitch of their life, right? And the viewer becomes the buyer, becomes the voter, right? So as you watch, you purchase the product and all the product is in-house, right? So that therefore it's shipped right away. So in these times, add on to it, the fact that, you know, there's, so many products that can't get to customers, right? So this is guaranteed, right? You know, we're so excited about that. Then the consumer, which is the viewer who has picked the best product, but it could be the best product mixed with the authenticity of the person and their story. So it's the person who sells the most product wins. They then get to turn around and face the panel of retail titans, which consists of Lowe's, Macy's and myself, QVC and HSN, and they get a six-figure dollar purchase order to put them in national retail distribution with any one of the retailers. Together, we represent over $120 billion of annual sales. So we're four shows in. It is amazing. And without revealing too much, and I think people who weren't in the product world, and I've been in the product world forever since I'm a little girl, you know, they were worried, will we sell? It's, you know, it's live shoppable, but people aren't used to buying. They're used to watching. We've been selling out of almost every single product in every show. It's been fantastic for the entrepreneurs and obviously very inspirational to any small business, anybody with a product, you know, and a product is everything. It's a service. It's everything is a product in life. That's how I view life. So even the entrepreneurs that didn't win, as it turns out, have gotten the retailers, all of us retailers so excited. They're getting offers from us after that, right? So it's like everybody's a winner, really. And just a showcase on USA Network prime time with your product is going to change the life of everybody oh, yeah. that steps on that stage. I wake up every morning. I can't wait for the next show. <laughs> 
That's awesome. And nor can uh, the people who are going to be on the show, they can't wait until the cameras actually start rolling. Though I imagine it's terrifying for a lot of them. You have high stakes that then, like you said, if you win and then turn around to face the retail titans, then the stakes are even higher. So I want to talk to you because you have so much experience pitching products on television and now you are watching absolute newcomers in many cases do it. I want to talk about your advice for pitching, but before in the spirit of problem solvers, what problems do you see people come in with as they are pitching? What mistakes are they making or what mistakes are they about to make, but they overcome? Yeah. So I think this is a universal question, right? It doesn't matter what form of business you're in, whether it's, you know, as I say, a product can be a physical product, but it can be a restaurant. It can be, you know, it can be a service of some sort. Everything's a product. Our families are products, right? So I think with problem solving, I do it every day, a hundred times a day still. You know, it's if you're in business, if you are moving forward in any form in life, that's where you have to weigh, you know, problem solving is do I take that risk or don't? It's a, you know, it's a whole combination of everything. And so when they're coming into it, right? So the first advice that I give anybody as an inventor, as an entrepreneur is, you know, if you really believe in your product, you know, it's, it's a reality check first. Is it something that doesn't exist? Is it something that people will want, whether it's the universal people or it's an industry people, it, whatever it is, is it something that's needed and people want? And then you have to weigh your life. What are you giving up? We don't want people selling their houses and, you know, and putting their families in, you know, so it's that whole reality check. And I have to say for myself, I really feel like I see this everywhere, even on the show with these people coming to the show. It's getting from how do I make it? How do I begin this? How do I start the process? And then how do I move from one level to the next, right? So for me, as an example, when I started, you might've seen the movie Joy, right? So Mm -hmm. they depicted something, you know, I, I had this mop and somebody said, why don't you go to QVC, go sell the mop there? Little did I know I'd end up on stage selling the mop myself. And public speaking is the only college course I ever skipped. (laughs) So here we go. I say, God got me back, right? But what happened there is a very, very big story. Obviously, I had tremendous success and I had to go from pitching it in fairs and flea markets and selling a small amount to getting a purchase order for 60,000 mops, right? So it's like, boom. And you know, it may not be that extreme for people, but Here, you're going to get a purchase order for a national retailer on America's Big Deal. And it might change the landscape of what you do. So every time you launch anything or a business goes to a different level or in a different area, you know, you have to really look at how am I going to support that in all sorts of ways, right? With human resources, with financial resources, with everything. So that leap, that ability to navigate yourself as you go up in success or move in different directions is critical. That's the whole game right there is the ability to be able to do that and move through that in some sort of sane semblance to support it. The last week, there was a a $200,000 purchase order given to this individual and the retailer, we said, can you make enough? And he goes, I don't know, right? (laughs) With any business, it's not a final point. It's not like winning the lottery. With that, it's all these stages that come with success, right? As you well know. 
Yeah, well, so Joy, your answer there is very interesting because what I thought I was asking you was simply when the cameras start rolling and you got to pitch your product, what mistakes do people make? But you don't think of success or failure as being within that pitch, right? That's why you gave the answer that you did, I presume, which is you started at the foundational level. You better have your fundamentals in order so that when you go out and make that pitch, if you are successful, you can actually back it up. It reminds me of something that a friend of mine who's a consultant once said, which is that he challenges his clients to ask themselves, what if this goes right? And people always ask, what if this goes wrong? But what if this goes right means if you succeed, can you back it up? Are you built to scale? Because a lot of people aren't. So that's an, that's an interesting observation from somebody who a lot of people think of as a master at pitching a product, right. but, but they're saying, no, no, point. no, that's just a tip of the iceberg. Right. It's exactly. But that's a great point. What happens if you succeed, right? It's not mm-hmm. everybody's so worried about the no part of it. The yes part of it is, is the bigger challenge sometimes, right? And so that was pre-pitch. But if you want to talk about pitching, it's something I've done for over 25 years, several times a month, all day long on live TV, sometimes for 10 hours a day. You know, I laugh when I have to do something in, for social. They say, you have to do this in 20 seconds or left. And I'm used to stretching something for three hours, right? (laughs) It's very interesting. So when we talk about that precursor to being literally in the throes of a business or a pitch, obviously to be on America's big deal on a stage exemplifies pure pitching a product, right? And I have found that at the end of everything is the authenticity of everything. So for me, why the mop didn't sell, but the mop exploded when I got on stage and spoke about the features and benefits because it was like I was talking about my child, right? Because here I am, the creator of this product. I knew every little nuance and I could tell everybody everything about it that would make their life better. And so when we on America's Big Deal, when that entrepreneur comes, what I want to impart on them is that you have to be authentic, right? You, they've probably pitched Most of them have pitched their product in fairs and home shows and various industry shows. And so they know this product. And actually last week we had somebody, she was petrified to get on stage. And I said, you've got this, you know this, you've done this a million times, you've created this product, so just go do it. And she did. The work is already done. Exactly, exactly. So it's like anything else, when you have a passion for something, if you just get that moving with it, that authenticity, that love for what you're talking about, what you're doing comes out. And I think today, because the consumer is the smartest consumer ever, that that is what they're looking for. They're not necessarily looking for a brand name anymore. And I'm not saying that's bad. I think we are going beyond that. We want with a product We want to see what's behind that product. Is there a history behind it? Who is behind it? What is it doing in this world today, right? And it could be the simplest thing. It doesn't have to be rocket ships. And quite frankly, what you think is a basic item won the competition last week. Everybody was so excited about it. And it was something that, you know, you sit there and you go, that had to have existed before. It's so simple, Mm -hmm. right? But if a product really helps people and makes life easier and solves the problems that it's supposed to solve in a really good way, it's a great product. That's it. Because product is king. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to circle back on that question of authenticity and dig into how to really communicate that. 
Almost every small business faces competition from much larger companies in their industry. And in order to compete against them and win, small business owners and entrepreneurs need to arm themselves with the right tools and resources. That is why I highly recommend that you start listening to the David versus Goliath podcast. In each episode, host Adam DeGrade covers the five smooth stones that every business needs to slay the Goliath in their industry. The David versus Goliath podcast is dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to compete and win against their large competitors. It has episodes covering emerging industry trends, top strategies in digital marketing, constructive management techniques, and more. Plus, the show is packed with everything you need to succeed, like insightful guest interviews, sales role-playing, and actionable tips that you can apply directly to your business today. So check it out on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for David versus Goliath. All right, we're back talking with Joy Mangano. And here's what I said next. Your discussion of authenticity is probably the answer to the question that I'm about to ask, but I want to ask it anyway, because when you were talking about how sometimes you have to go on for hours, I didn't realize this, three, <laughs> 10 hours at a time, it's insane. There is no way for somebody to memorize that amount of material, right? right. Which is in contrast to the majority of the way that people think about pitching, if you watch Shark Tank, for example, or we have a show at Entrepreneur called Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch, you see people who have memorized their pitch. They come out, the pitch is a minute to two minutes long. They have perfected it. They have done it in the mirror 50 million times and they've come out and they've delivered it. And after that, something else happens. But you can't do that after a certain number of minutes. So there's, there's only so much material that somebody can memorize. And so after that, you have to just be able to talk and to understand not just the product, but the audience and yourself and the purpose behind it and the mission and the reason that it exists. And the question that I have is, how do you become good at getting beyond something that can just be memorized to where you are able to talk at length about something and still make it compelling? Outside of that, you have to be practiced in doing it on camera and all that, but blah, blah, yeah. blah. But what is happening inside of a person's head to be able to do that? Yeah, that's really intuitive question because what I do in my profession on QVC HSN is very different from America's Big Deal where it's a two and a half minute pitch, right? There are reasons for that. It's so exciting and you know, and we, we don't have time to sit there for three hours. And it is very interesting because it is all about the product, but there's a buzzword now that everybody's using. And I, when I wrote my book, Inventing Joy, and way before that, at the top of my list in business was the word empathy. And from when I was a teenager, envisioned myself as the consumer, as the person. I love my customers. I love the viewers. It's just something. So I everything that I create in a product, I'm thinking about, will they be able to hold it? Is it the right size for every size hand? Is it all of those things? And so when you are so involved in what you're doing, and again, I, it can translate into any business. It's about the pitch. It's about the product. But there's a whole world that surrounds it to be discussed, right? How is it going to impact you? And we actually take live calls on QVC and HSN. So I'm talking to the customer. I've been talking to the customer for over 25 years. And that is like the highlight of everything, right? Because they're saying, oh, I like this or could you do it in this? And they talk about influencers. We were the first influencers, right? Because <laughs> no, really, it's 
it's such a direct link. It's almost like a raw link. It's like you're talking about the product. It's all about that. And it's all about how relating directly to that consumer. And for me, it became natural. It became so exciting for me to do that. And remember, I'm launching a new product, right? So the level that I am at is that you're talking about millions of dollars in a day of sales with product that I'm creating that has never been sold before, right? So I've got to hit it out of the park Mm -hmm. Every single time, every month, every time I'm going on there. And so you really have to be connected to that consumer. You really have to know what they want. And I'm all about innovation and what can be new and what can be exciting and what's not out there. So for me, the difference of that, the difference of being able to talk to them for hours, so to speak, is really intersecting with your customer, whoever that is, you really have to be empathetic and tapped into them. And it becomes a relationship, right? It's why do we buy a certain brand? Why do we go to a certain site or store? Product is not just product. It's everything that surrounds it too. Your answer was great because it reminds me and reminds anybody who needs to pitch that when you're pitching, you're not talking just about the thing that you're selling. You're talking about the person who is going to buy it. And you better get that balance right. And I think that a lot of people get it wrong. They created something. They love it. They are so invested in it. They know it inside and out. They cannot imagine a reason why this shouldn't exist in the world and in everybody's homes. And because of that, they may get so caught up in the value of it that they forget that they need to explain to people how it fits into their lives. And yeah. so they just tell you the, the features, right. go on and on and on about features. I'm curious if you have, do you have a formula in your head when you are pitching a product about how much you should be talking about the actual product and how much you should really be talking about the person who's watching, who is looking for how this product fits into their lives? Right. So there is no formulaic answer to that, but it's pretty organic with me. So obviously the first thing you want to do is inform anybody about the product, right? So that's the first thing. They have to know what we're, what you're talking about. So that that's where features and benefits and why is it new and innovative and everything about it. That's a great ultra slim velvety hanger, but I don't quite get it. Why is that going to change my life, right? And a billion hangers later, right? In, the, in America. And so somebody once told me, you don't sell me. You just talk about all the reasons why I could use this product or why this product is a great product. And And so I can make an informed decision. Do I want that product, right? So it's a mix. If you are in an older home and you have small closets, you need to maximize your closet space with an ultra slim hanger. Do you realize a wooden hanger takes up sometimes a half an inch of space and your hanger is taking up the space, not your clothes. So the application, it helps, I think, some consumers to understand how it's going to impact their life and the variety of uses and reasons for various products that they they don't even think of, right? There, there are a lot of products today that solve problems, but really solve a lot of problems. And because we are in, I think, one of the most innovative times in history, there are a lot of people who had a lot of time to think. 
So I think for me, it's an organic balance of both understanding what people are spending their money on for the product and how it can, how they can use it in their lives. And remember, I speak to an audience from coast to coast and all age levels, everybody. It's the diversity of America, right? So it's really talking to everybody. So whether it's somebody using something in their home or using it in their business or using it. So there's a lot of time I spend when I'm launching several million dollars of product to really think about who does it touch and how does it impact everybody and what are the important features and benefits that I have to get across what makes this product different from anything else out there. That tees up a great final takeaway. So let me ask you this and then we'll let you get back to your day. And this has been such a delight to talk to you. What is maybe your top piece of advice to someone for how they can understand how to make that connection between product and customer? You know how your product is great. You have an idea of who your target audience is. Now you need to draw a line and it needs to be a real strong line between what you have and why they want it. And I'm sure that we could talk for 10 hours about exactly this, but if you could distill it down to what is the the first thing people should be thinking about, about how to throw that dart and hit a bullseye. So, well, I think it's where are you reaching your customer, right? I think that's very important because if you have a product that absolutely sells itself, it's just needs no explanation, right? But it's just the best now, the best, I don't know, tire for anybody for their cars. It's going to make the cars go much safer or whatever. It That's easy. But if it's a product that's new and innovative and really needs explanation, a store shelf or some place, is it where you can speak to that customer? For me, so for me as an inventor of product, to step on a stage and have an hour or three hours or 10 hours to talk about the innovation and all of the nuances of a product. That's what really worked for me, right? But there are some amazing products that don't need that. That can be instantly, if you can get on every store shelf and a national retailer or whatever, that's where you go. So the first thing is, what is my product profile and where should I reach that customer? Now, today, I think that there are so many different ways to reach that consumer. For me, I try to reach them. I try to have the ability for them to reach me in every way they can, whether it's on my site, whether it's on HSN, whether it's in a store. I believe in that whole circle of commerce for me because I want that customer to be able to find me. When I say me, I mean the product, right? But that's not right for everybody. So I think that direct line is what is the best way for me to communicate with that consumer and then obviously define what it is, who you are and what that product is to that consumer. And at the end of the day as well, I believe sincerely, 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 that whatever you have has to be a value for what it is that you're giving the consumer. They have to feel like they're getting so much for what they're spending and it really has to make sense for them. I, you know, I think that personally, I think the days of because it's this, I'm going to pay $2,000 for it. I'm like, done with those days. (laughs) But that's me personally. (laughs) Well, Joy, this is so wonderful. Thank you for sharing all this and and for reminding everybody that a pitch is not just a pitch, but it is literally everything that came before it that makes it a success. And I can't wait to continue watching America's Big Deal on USA Network. It's such a fun show and congratulations on it. Thank you so much, Jason. 
And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.